Do you ever wonder what's happening inside your brain when you feel anxious, panicked, and worried? Would you like to learn strategies that will help rewire the circuitry in your brain? Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W E T W A R E M E D I A.com. You'll appreciate today's excerpt taken from Dr. Katherine Pittman and Elizabeth Carl's audiobook, Rewire Your Anxious Brain How to Use the Neuroscience of Fear to End Anxiety, Panic, and Worry. Rewire Your Anxious Brain is a unique evidence based solution to overcoming anxiety based in cutting edge neuroscience and research. You'll learn how anxiety is created in the brain, as well as the techniques you need to overcome it. Your brain is a powerful tool, and the harder you work to change the way you respond to fear, the more resilient you'll become. In this excerpt, Dr. Pittman and Elizabeth Carl explain the science behind cognitive restructuring, which is the foundation of rewiring your anxious brain. You'll learn how to distinguish interpretations from events, which is a major step in reducing anxiety. Cognitive Restructuring The idea underlying the approach known as cognitive therapy is that some cognitions are illogical or unhealthy and can create or exacerbate unhealthy patterns of behavior or mental states. Cognitive therapists focus on identifying and changing thoughts that are self-defeating or dysfunctional, particularly thoughts that lead to increased levels of anxiety or depression. This approach is known as cognitive restructuring. Cognitive restructuring to combat anxiety intervenes directly in the cortex pathway. When cognitive therapists discuss self-defeating or dysfunctional thoughts, they're focused on processes that occur in the cortex, primarily in the left hemisphere. Of course, whenever we try to change our thoughts, we're trying to modify the cortex in some way. Our thoughts are not simply a result of neurological and chemical processes in the brain, They are the neurological and chemical processes in the brain. In cognitive restructuring, the thoughts you think are used to rewire your brain. As you've been learning, the processes in the brain that create fear and anxiety can and often do occur without involvement of the cortex. Indeed, via the amygdala pathway, fear responses can be put into action before cortex processing has been completed. However, This doesn't mean that thoughts and interpretations don't matter. They definitely have an impact. It's crucial to have a clear understanding of the ways in which thoughts can affect the amygdala's reactions and the ways in which their impact is limited. Because anxiety can occur automatically, without input from the cortex's cognitive processing, changing thoughts can't always prevent anxiety. However, When thoughts or images in the cortex have initiated the anxiety response, changing those thoughts or images can definitely ease or prevent anxiety. 
Consider two teenagers waiting for their driver's exams to be scored. Jose sat worrying about whether he'd passed, doubting his answers, and imagining being told that he couldn't get his license. Meanwhile, Ricardo's father joked around with him after he took his exam, which kept Ricardo from focusing on possibly failing. Thanks to his father's distracting antics, Ricardo didn't think about potential negative outcomes. As it turned out, both passed the test, but only Jose had endured a stressful, anxious waiting period. When people change their thoughts, they may be able to prevent cortex-based processes from contributing to their anxiety. Cognitive restructuring strategies also have the potential to limit amygdala-based anxiety. Often, the cortex worsens anxiety initiated by the amygdala. But rather than adding fuel to the fire, you can learn to control what you're imagining, thinking, or telling yourself and remain more even-keeled. As difficult as it may seem to change thoughts and thought processes, it's easier than coping with the emotional reactions created by the amygdala in response to anxiety-provoking thoughts. If you understand the connection between your cortex-based thoughts and activation of your amygdala and recognize the amount of anxiety you can avoid by changing your thoughts, you'll be motivated to work on using your cortex to resist anxiety. And this work has lasting results. By changing your thoughts, you can establish new patterns of responding in the brain that become stable and enduring. The Power of Interpretations In Chapter 3, we discussed how the cortex's interpretations can increase anxiety. When you experience a situation or event, the situation or event itself doesn't cause you to have an emotion. Despite the fact that people frequently say things like, my husband makes me so mad. It isn't their spouse that causes the emotional reaction. The cortex's interpretation of the situation is what leads to the emotional reaction. For example, the cortex may offer an interpretation like, he should notice what I do right and not focus on my mistakes, which leads to angry feelings. If you doubt this, consider that different people have different emotional reactions to the same event. Therefore, the event can't be the cause of the emotion. As an example, consider this scenario. Josh doesn't show up for a dinner date with Monique and Jaden. Jaden is furious at Josh and expresses her anger. Monique, on the other hand, isn't too concerned and simply wants to enjoy her time with Jaden, whom she hasn't seen in weeks. The event is the same for both women. Josh doesn't show up, but their interpretations are obviously quite different. Jaden's interpretation might be, Josh should follow through when he says he's coming, or he doesn't have any respect for us, leading to her reaction of anger. In contrast, Monique has a different interpretation. This is an opportunity to spend time alone with my friend Jaden. Her interpretation doesn't result in feelings of anger. Note that each of these interpretations will lead to a different feeling, demonstrating that it is the interpretation, not the situation itself, that causes the specific feeling. Of course, there are other possible interpretations, and they will lead to different feelings. If Jaden felt anxious rather than angry, what interpretations could have led to that emotion? If she felt sad, what interpretations could have led to feelings of sadness? It's important to learn that the interpretation you make in a situation can strongly affect what emotional response occurs. By being aware of your interpretations during stressful situations, and considering the possibility of modifying them, you can begin to take charge of the emotional reactions your cortex causes. 
Changing your interpretations won't always be easy because those interpretations are often shaped by your past experiences and expectations. It can take some work to think through the situation and identify the way you want to interpret it. Also, you may not always want to alter your emotional reactions. Sometimes they may be appropriate or useful. However, having the ability to alter your cortex's interpretations can often go a long way toward reducing your anxiety. Exercise. Changing your interpretations to reduce anxiety. Recognizing that your interpretation of a situation, rather than the situation itself, is causing anxiety, gives you a new way to reduce your anxiety. You can use a cortex-based approach and change your interpretations to reduce amygdala activation. Let's say that Liz is experiencing anxiety about writing assignments in her English class. Three elements are at play here: the event, the interpretation provided by Liz's cortex, and her emotion, anxiety. When Liz got a recent writing assignment back, she saw that her teacher had written many comments on the paper. She thought to herself, "All of those comments are pointing out my mistakes. I'm obviously a terrible writer, and I'm going to fail this course." Immediately after having these thoughts, Liz felt nauseous, started trembling, and felt overwhelmed. Her thoughts had definitely activated her amygdala. But later, when Liz actually looked at her teacher's comments, she saw that while some of them were indeed corrections, others were compliments, helpful feedback, or her teacher's reactions to thought-provoking things she had written. Her grade was a B, not a disaster, but allowing room for improvement. Now Liz has an opportunity to change her interpretation. Next time she gets a paper back with comments written on it, she can think, "My teacher is giving me helpful feedback. I'm going to learn how to be a better writer, and I can get a better grade." Clearly, these interpretations of the same event won't create the same level of anxiety. The situations in which you feel anxiety can provide opportunities for you to examine the interpretations your cortex is providing. Keep the three elements in mind: event. Interpretation and resulting emotion. Learn to recognize your interpretations, and then consider how to modify them to reduce anxiety. Try it now. On a separate piece of paper, list several situations in which you feel anxiety. Then, for each, see if you can identify the interpretations that lead you to react in an anxious manner. If you have difficulty with this, the assessments later this chapter will be helpful. The items that are familiar to you on those assessments will provide some insight into the types of interpretations you need to recognize and modify. Next, spend some time brainstorming alternative interpretations for each anxiety-igniting interpretation you identified. If you play with this a bit, you can probably see how different interpretations could lead to a wide range of emotional responses. Of course, for the purposes of reducing anxiety, you'd want to focus on interpretations that lead to a more calm, balanced state of mind. If you need help coming up with alternative interpretations, the section on coping thoughts in Chapter 11 will be helpful. Once you've identified alternative interpretations, we recommend that you say them out loud in order to establish them more fully. This will strengthen your ability to modify your interpretation. In the beginning, the process of changing interpretations may feel awkward. You may not find your new interpretations convincing, but with time, you'll find that these thoughts become stronger and arise on their own more often. The more you deliberately use them, 
the more they'll become a part of your habitual way of responding. Remember, the cortex operates on survival of the busiest. Changing your thoughts isn't easy, but if you devote some attention to noticing your interpretations and are dedicated to looking at situations differently, you can do it. It's worth the effort, since changing your thoughts before your amygdala is activated is much easier than calming yourself down once your amygdala gets involved. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, Rewire Your Anxious Brain, How to Use the Neuroscience of Fear to End Anxiety, Panic, and Worry. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer, If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks, available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.